program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the show you're listening to rail sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters and uh, of course what matters to me i'm gonna be a good sport for all those out there who don't know what that is or 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 how to conduct yourself in such a way listen what he used to tell us a long time ago when you get in the end zone don't act like it's the first time you've ever been there so for those uh, uh fans of that school up north that wears green and white uh Act like you've been there before. But certainly want to congratulate Michigan State University. Shout out to my main man, Percy Snow, of course. So Percy's happy about the fact that his team will be representing the big, I'm going to still call it the Big Ten. I don't know what it's called anymore, Big 12, Big something. But uh, they will be uh, a representative well-deserved. They played an outstanding game. Of course, uh, my alma mater, the Ohio State University, forgot to show up, at least those on the defensive side of the Ball forgot to show up. There was a game on Saturday, and uh, and we didn't win. So uh, listen, I'm gonna be a good sport about it. The best team on that day won, uh, and so they're gonna represent uh, the Big Ten. I'm gonna keep calling it uh, out in the uh, in the Rose Bowl, and of course, this will be the 100th Rose Bowl. Um, I was happy and blessed to participate in one of those. Of course, lost to Ronnie Lydon Company, 1716. Uh, but uh, it is the granddaddy of them all, and uh, it'll be a lifetime experience in which those uh, young men that participate in the game and their families and, of course, their fans will never forget it. Uh, it's one of those kind of things that once you've experienced it once, uh, you understand what the hoopla is all about. So uh, there's some other things that I want to talk about, too, of course, and that is uh, uh, football, <laughs> you know, football. But listen, I'm t- I want to talk about football and how football affects one's life, not just on the field, but off the field. See, there's more to a person's life who participates in sports. And I haven't gotten to the point now where I've, I've kind of changed my approach to speaking about sports as a career because unless you're an employee in the front office in some capacity, uh, your time there is, is going to be a short stint. It's going to be a, a job experience, a short-term job experience, which you may experience for anywhere from maybe, let's say, four to maybe ten years at the most, and you certainly will have to do something after that. And uh, because of that, uh, it was always something that was near and dear to my heart, and uh, I was introduced to a gentleman. Those of you who are friends of the show know that I was introduced to a gentleman by the name of Guy Troop uh, several years ago. Uh, There's not a better advocate that I've ever met uh, for uh, current and former athletes. Uh, 
than Guy Troop and uh, the work that he, along with Troop 21, has been doing uh, for uh, well over a decade and almost a decade and a half as it pertains to the special event of which they have every year at the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl sanctioned event, and that is the player networking event. And uh, without further ado, I want to welcome my friend uh, to the show with me, uh, Guy Troop. Guy, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, trying to stay warm. It's a frigid America uh, this week. <laughs> well, you know, you had to go there with the American. I didn't want to say anything about America because America's team last night made me very a very happy man, and I'm going to talk about that the second half of the show tonight. Uh, but I know you have to be unbiased, and uh, and that and you have to be unbiased because of the fact that your loyalty uh, remains with athletes, regardless of who they play for. Uh, but I, but I would imagine there was a, a little colder in in Dallas last night than it was even in Chicago after that game. Yeah, we're based in Dallas, but I'm a neutral supporter. I I love football. I love competition, and uh, it was um, uh, the Bears night. Uh, I think uh, Mike Dicker played for the Cowboys and the and the Bears and and he chose sides last night but I'm not going to. Yeah, well we we certainly appreciate that because of the fact that you do not choose uh one side or the other and you show no favoritism to one player than you do any more to the other one. Uh, we certainly like that and and because of that uh, again this year we of course will uh, I will be there, many other players will be there. We will be there for the purpose to, to make sure that you continue to support us and advise us and direct us. Uh, and mentor us uh, to make sure that uh, as many times we have lacked in doing some of the things we should have, uh, that we become more concentrated and focused in an area of which uh, perhaps we will make our transition a little bit more successful, even as we continue to transition as players of my, like myself who's been out of the game. But uh, again, we will handle our business. That is the name of the broadcast. That's uh uh, it's been dubbed uh, pretty much in a mainstay with the uh, player networking event. And uh, uh, my colleague uh, is going to be uh, handling the, the live broadcast. That, of course, is Lamar Campbell. He's a CNN um, you know, correspondent from time to time, just doing an excellent job down there uh, in Atlanta. But, God, let's talk a little bit about the event. This year is going to be at uh, uh, Mist Harlem. It's going to be Saturday, February 1st, I believe, from 12 to 6 p.m. And you've got an outstanding list of uh of sponsors that have uh, stepped up to the plate and, and, and are looking to work with you as you continue to work with players. Yeah, we're excited about uh, this year's event. And uh, you use the word sponsor, but I, I like to call our, our group partners because the, the, uh, the purpose of the event is to connect athletes with like-minded professionals that can support their uh, successful transition out of sport. Uh, in this case, out of football and life in the NFL. So active and former players come to the player networking event, you know, in hopes of uh, just moving their 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 next life forward, moving their next career or their first career forward uh, in, many, uh, in many cases. So we have uh, a great group of corporate partners, RVS Private Banking, which is a, a bank that's owned by the Walton family, uh, we all know them more for Walmart, but they uh, they have diverse interests, and we have uh, their private banking unit that's uh, been a part of the P&E for several years now. Athlife is a uh, career transition support organization that's been hired by the NFL 
Players Association to support players in transition through the NFL Trust. Uh, so Athlife and their CEO and President John Harris will be uh, on board talking about uh, the great work that he's doing for former players and uh, really trying to communicate about the issues of the day and make sure that players are aware of the resources at their disposal. We have several player-owned businesses that will exhibit. Uh, Blue Martini is a new airport uh, concession concept that Ray Mickens, a former New York Jet, is putting forward. They're going to uh, serve the official drink of the uh, P&E and uh, really market his new concept at the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Uh, of course, we have uh, the uh, jaw joint science is another uh, former player business uh, that really is out to promote safety with amongst the player community and have a nice new mouthpiece that they're trying to get out there. It's a, a, a new startup company, McCray's Barbecue and Catering, is partnered with Hall of Famer Larry Little. Uh, Neuroentrans Sciences, uh, Marvin Frazier is a former Denver Bronco, has a relaxation and, and wellness chair that we've helped launch and get into the uh, the football community, the Detroit Lions, uh, San Diego Chargers are using it now, and, and a host of others. I'm, I'm really excited, though, about the, having the NFL Players Choir uh, at the P&E this year. They've performed at the Super Bowl Gospel Celebration at the Super Bowl for years. Uh, the Super Bowl Gospel is in its 15th year. P&E is in the 14th year. Uh, but the choir this year launched a new venture where they have a CD and they're singing uh, uh, really inspirational music, and they're going to perform a note, a tune for us at the P&E. So I'm excited. Well, you know, Guy, it's funny you mentioned that, that they have a CD, because I, I truly I would like to get my hands on that CD. I'd like to use some of that music to even preempt my show. Uh, for, you know, as a former athlete yourself, many times uh, music is something that inspires us and, and, and takes us to a new level of enthusiasm when we're about to go out on that field. So what my, my field now is in the studio. <laughs> so sometimes I need to get a little motivated and some, some good music and inspirational music would be something that uh, I would love to, to have access to. So if you do that, if you have that, I'd like to help promote them. Uh, in the CD and uh, to let people know uh, where they can find that at. But uh, uh, I, I wanted to to talk about something, guy, that's really been uh, on my mind as I as I have uh, experienced receiving things in the mail, in particular by way of whether it's electronically or in in the mail. There's something tangible that I've received, whether it's from the National Football League, from player engagement, from the Players Association, uh, from the Alumni Association. But there was a message. Uh, uh, someone who was on, a, on on top of a mountain, if you will, uh, screaming uh, that they needed help, and that was players. And players were doing this years ago, and 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 someone heard that, and that was you and a couple of your colleagues uh, at the players uh, at the NFL office, and you guys started developing some programs years ago. At least you started uh, putting pen to paper. Uh, that must be gratifying to you at this point to see that other people have taken notice and they've started to expand upon some of these programs. you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, um, if you look at the uh, the need of athletes in transition, I think 
uh, the last four or five years, uh, sports organizations generally in the sport of football, uh, they've been forced to look in the mirror and look at what what it is that happens to athletes uh, when they can no longer play the game. So the exciting part about uh, the work that's being done now is that uh, this work was seeded 15, 20 years ago uh, by several great men. Um, the John Wooten, uh, who is now the chair of the Fritz Pollard Alliance, was the first director of player development. He was then uh, followed by Dr. Lim Burnham, who uh, moved from director to the vice president of the department, Hall of Famer uh, Mike Haynes then led the charge, and then uh, Troy Vincent is now the vice president for player engagement. And so if you think about the series of former players that led that, they each had something to contribute to the overall uh, initiative. And, you know, I'm just uh, thrilled that I can do a small part to support what the league and the union and the teams and people like you and me are, are trying to accomplish in helping athletes. And, and, and Guy, again, as I, as I said, I, you know, man, it, it, I couldn't find a better advocate if I could than, than yourself. But um, in terms of, you know, you looking back over the years and looking at where programs are now, because as I said, some of these are in their, very, in their infant stages. Um, I know you probably wouldn't be satisfied, but are, are you happy with the, at least it seems to be an accelerated uh, amount of programs that have come to the forefront. It could be because of lawsuits or whatever, but are, are you happy with the fact that there is now more than there was in the past? And if that's the case, uh, talk to me about how players are responding. If you think that they're responding um, to the point where they're actually taking advantage of the programs or are they a little bit behind themselves? Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I have very little information about the response to the programs uh, and the utilization. Uh, historically, utilization has been a challenge for players, uh, active players, uh, typically have the world at, you know, at their fingertips, so they're not as concerned about financial literacy or going back to school or doing an internship. And then that player in transition, that six, nine, eighteen month period, that player is typically in denial and angry or or trying to get back into the league. And then there's that, you know, that player where the reality that the foot that that the sport. Uh, will never be played again at a competitive level uh, like the NFL. Uh, when that kicks in, you know, there's a there's a period, and and no one athlete responds to it the same. So I'm I'm excited that there are resources in place. Uh, I'm encouraged that uh, there's a marketing and a branding effort so that athletes know about the resources. Uh, but I think it's premature to say that. Uh, we know the success uh, ratio, or we're certain that everything that's in motion will work. I think we're in the laboratory. Uh, the union is in the laboratory. The NFL continues to tweak and improve upon its programming. And practitioners like, like uh, Troop 21 and other organizations are trying to fill in the void. So uh, I, I think... You know, when you look at the commitment of $20-plus million a year for 10 years that the union is receiving, I think that's encouraging. And I, but but I, would, I would end the 
the the soliloquy with players have a responsibility to hold their union and their league accountable to access the resources for their benefit and to ask for resources that support in in ways that support their dreams and and only right only Ray Ellis knows what he needs to get to the next level and that customization is important and, and you know it's interesting that you say that guy because uh, you know you say that a, a person only a person knows himself what it is that that he needs but th- i believe i'm not sure if collectively the resources has been been shared uh but historically there there is some documentation out there about perhaps maybe what a a player should anticipate and expect to happen when that time arrives for him and that inevitably they all will have to leave the game um what what are some of the things that you found out that have prevented players from seeking um the assistance in the program of support that are there what what some of the causes or the reasons why perhaps maybe players have uh you know been responsible for their downfall because the resources are there and they haven't reached out to them is there something that's preventing them from doing that well, I mean, I can't speak as a qualified source, but I but I, what I will say is that I think that there are, there are a significant number of players that have been injured as a result of playing and the way that they functioned prior to playing has changed. So the way that they think, the way that they respond emotionally, cognitively, that they've been challenged. And so I know that there is a group of players that may not even fully understand what to do because they've changed as a result of playing the game. And whether that's from head trauma, CTE, or or just, you know, some sort of post-traumatic stress associated with playing uh, the game. I think there's a there's a bucket of athletes that fall into that, and and uh, we all have a responsibility to know the warning signs, to look out and support, nurture, and and really help that person uh, to uh, to help themselves. Now that you know, so I, I can't tell you what percentage fall in that bucket, uh, but I think there's a larger percentage that are healthy. Uh, and capable that need to be trained and coached like they were in athletics, and they'll respond. So what, what typically happens with the healthy uh, player who, who has the mind, the body, the spirit to compete in the world, uh, the coaches that are working with them uh, are ineffective at bringing out their, their attributes and their skills, and the athlete themselves are incapable of finding the right coach. So that coach, that coach, they can't pick their team. They can pick their team now. They're not drafted. So, you know, there are tons of life coaches. There are tons of mentors. There's tons of CEOs and CFOs and, and C-level executives that would love to help athletes. But how, do, how does the athlete find the one that he trusts enough to coach him to be successful in life after. And I think that's, that, that's another interesting point that, that you mentioned is, is so many times in an athlete's life, there's, there's structure there and there are trusted individuals there that he, he's 
available and accessible to them and very transparent. And as a matter of fact, they're, they're directing his life, if you will. Uh, I think it comes a point in an athlete's life where that stops. Nobody's directing your life. And in many cases, previously, there was nobody there su- supporting that transition. And, and so for them to step out in unfamiliar territory without somebody providing direction and guidance, I'm sure many times they they felt lost, and I'm saying they. I, that's happened to me in the past. Uh, there were times where you where you feel lost, and and this is a person that society. I, I saw Tom Brady say something the other day about nobody feels sorry for the New England Patriots. Society does not feel sorry for athletes with the money they're making today, guy, and that seems to be more of the attention is on the money as opposed to the preparation. Uh, that a person, an athlete, finds themselves in a position. They may have tons of money, but they may not be prepared. Is that is, is that is that something that you find too? That, that they think they have enough money to solve all the problems, but the money is not the root of the problem. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, uh, we've seen countless examples where money was uh, available and still at the disposal of athletes that self-destructed. So I think it's a larger. Uh, issue that that revolves around uh, identity and and self-esteem before before you get to the success you know in terms of capitalistic values so um, you know the game is interesting that way players started playing it uh, for the fun and the excitement and the adulation and 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 the competitive environment and uh you know when they see that money can be made uh it changes the people that come into their lives and it changes the power dynamic and and really it changes the way that athletes can interface with new people in their lives uh they're either one of two ways they look at most new people you're either a fan or you're a exploiter, <laughs> uh, and and I use that term loosely. I, I I don't think everyone that has a relationship with an athlete is. But there is that, that. But that's that paranoia out there. The athletes do. It's, it's a reality, guy. Right. And so and so, if if those are the only two ways you see new people in your lives, it's very hard for you to find a good relationship. You know, a life partner, a mentor, a coach, a business partner, uh, a supervisor. It, it, it's hard. So uh, you have to you have to check your ego at the door. You have to know that uh, if you do have fans, they should be fans of your inner core, fans of your of your non athletic skill set. Uh, and and if you if you can find those kind of fans, then they can turn into relationships. And then those relationships can turn into careers and business opportunities. You know, it sounds to me like, you know, almost from a psychological perspective, approach to to, to life after football, it sounds like it, sounds, it appears to be some deprogramming or reprogramming that athletes need to go through uh, because life in the real world is much different than it is, uh, if you will, in, in that fantasy world of, of, of sports, professional sports. Is, is that something that, uh, again, in terms of preparation uh, and support systems that are there in terms of you getting that athlete prepared for another, you know, 
aspect of his life that there is some reprogramming and, and deprogramming that has to do with your approach to life now that you're not a professional athlete? Oh, without a doubt. I'm a, I'm a big advocate. I think I may have said this on your show before. I'm a big advocate of, of an athlete uh, having uh, an athletics funeral. So the, the manager, you can no longer play. You know, find your three-minute highlight film, invite all your fans and your family and your friends and the people that love you, and, you know, have a, have a toast, be roasted, tell all your war stories, talk about how good you were, and then bury it and mm. start over. And mm. so that's, uh, I, you know, I played uh, football collegiately and, and at the high school level. And uh, was a pretty, you know, pretty good high school player, average college player. Uh, and I would say to you that I've never been back to a homecoming where some guy doesn't talk about the play he made 20 years ago. Mm. And you can see that that play means more to him than maybe the work he did two days ago. Wow, wow. Well, you know, what's really interesting about that guy is, and again, this is, Something has to be calculated as to when can your athletic experience be a blessing and when can it be a curse as you move on to the next phase of your life? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, it, it's all in in the the application of of how you how you see the experience. So uh, I can very easily. Uh, revert back to the lessons of the game and now apply them into in relationships in my in my business uh, that's career. what yeah that's what I wanted to hear about that guy is do you see opportunities to do that kind of that kind of stuff well, without a doubt I mean there's tons of um, competition generally drives America it's the root of capitalism so if you can run the ball in the end zone on fourth and one, you can go deep and catch the pass, then you can get out of bed and, and earn $20,000 a year your first year and, and escalate to two million bucks if you apply the same lessons. If, you, uh, if you're coachable and you use the transferable skills that the game has taught, then anything's possible. Uh, and, and I really believe that athletes that... Uh, are taught through the lens of sport have a have a have a shot at at doing it quickly. Uh, the the downside is that you know most institutions of higher learning, most training programs, most transition programs, they're not teaching athletes the way that they learn and through the things that are important to them. And you know that's that's really interesting because corporate America has a tendency to bring in people from the athletic world into their environment as a way to motivate and inspire their team uh, of of employees to uh, welcome them to a challenge of which they they said this is something monumental for the company this year so we're going to bring in a great speaker and somebody from the athletic field. Very few times is it in the reverse. Is it that is there nothing that corporate does that they can share with uh, an NFL team or a professional sports team that might inspire them? But we have everything to, to give to corporate, but corporate has nothing to give to us. I don't believe that's true, Guy. Do you, do you think that it would benefit uh, you know, athletes in their transition if corporate people were to come into that environment sometime and speak to them? Yeah, and I think that happens. I mean, the, the Warren Buffets of the world have been known to work with 
you know, entertainer like Jay Z or LeBron James, and 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 I've seen scenarios where corporate executives talk to athletes. I think uh, when you look at the value, however, that we place on celebrity, and athletes fall into that, that uh, the the uh, the accountant is not as sexy as the quarterback, and. Uh, conversely, uh, consequently, most uh, want to hear from the quarterback, and athletes are no different. <laughs> uh, you know, the question is, how do you make a P and L sexy or hot or cool? There you go. That, that's right. And I've, and a guy, you, I think you hit it square dead on the head there. And you know, and you mentioned a couple athletes, and, and you know, you and I have had this conversation off the air. You know that those people you named, that's the two percent. That's not the greater majority of of athletes that really could benefit, and and not from just a talk, but from an experience of somebody like a Warren Buffett or or another success, uh, uh, successful executive out there. As a matter of fact, when you, when you talk about what's not sexy. Uh, you know, hell, years ago, a geek like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, somebody like Bill Gates wasn't sexy. That is sexy as hell now to be <laughs> if you were Bill Gates, you know. So um, perhaps maybe it's the way of which these professions might be presented to athletes that we might find a way to, to disguise them or dress them up or make them sexy or something like that. Is, is that an approach of what you've considered as to, hey, let's introduce this to them in a new way where they don't even realize what it is? Because uh, I kind of have a uh, thing about the geek, the jock, and the nerd as it comes to gaming, the gaming industry for kids. You know, that, that there's, there's tremendous opportunities in that field of work, uh, but don't approach it to kids that's going to be work. Or job, you know, just get them in there, plan them, and teach them. And next thing you know, uh, it's uh, they're making money doing it. So, is there a way or, or um, a solution you have to kind of, you know, maybe trick the athletes into something that they ain't even know? Hey, you know, this is really this is really work, and this is how you're gonna provide for your family for the rest of your life. I just dressed it up and uh, got the geeky stuff out of it. Uh, right. Well, I, I think that's definitely a uh, an approach that can be. Uh, Applied, it's just uh, you know the the pupil and the teacher, and you know I think the teacher uh, has to uh, really understand the psyche and the interests of, of the pupil to 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 move the needle. And, and so with athletes, uh, there are a lot there are lots of ways that coaches have traditionally, well historically have. Uh, fed information to athletes and it's not all X's and O's it's not all through the lens of football it, you know there's tons of ways uh, I've seen I've seen a uh, I've seen an, a coach uh, play a scene from a, a love story from a movie to inspire a team I've seen uh, I've seen a coach uh, use you know very light humor to loosen a team up. It had nothing to do with X's O's and football. So I think I think the same could work to motivate, train, develop athletes if the if the educators and teachers and mentors are 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 flexing uh, you know their teaching styles and their their mentoring styles to to accommodate for the athlete. 
and and another reason why I asked that because I know even uh, with the player networking event going on annually every year at the Super Bowl and being the only sanctioned Super Bowl event that is geared directly for the players and for their benefits, uh, there's competition out there. There's parties, you know. There's all kinds of parties, and there's more parties that that we find ourselves competing with sometimes. And uh, again, uh, it's you know how do we dress that up? We we don't obviously want to you know bring them into an environment of which they expected one thing they got something different but it's i think sometimes it's a challenge for players uh would it could be peer pressure is that you know why do i want to go do the the nerdy thing the geeky thing the career thing when i should be hanging out at a party as opposed to looking out for for my future so have have you ever found yourself in in the position where you feel that hey i've got something of substance i may be competing against some entertainment over here let me find a way to, to sway the guys to come over here to do something that they'll thank me for years down the road. Yeah, well, that, that's really the uh, the dilemma we're faced with with the P&E. You know, there are parties all weekend. There are pretty girls, pretty women. There's lots of fun. Uh, and then there's the game and all of the celebrity associated with with uh, appearances and, and, and making money to uh to be a football player at, during Super Bowl week uh but the the transaction that an athlete can uh active or former player can make Super Bowl weekend could never trump the relationship that could be developed at a P&E so uh we we fight it every year we're hopeful that players will uh, attend with the understanding that one relationship could change their lives, and we're we're uh, we're confident in when the player walks through the door with an open mind about growing and developing, and 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 is is trusting of someone that that we can help them at the P and E. So, guy, I know there are, as you mentioned, uh, people that are partners that are working with you. Uh, I know they have expectations, and, and they, they hope that the weather's uh, on our side, and that it's not a blizzard, has been uh, somewhat forecasted. Uh, but for you, what, what does success look like for you when we think about uh, the player networking event? When it's all over with, what does a successful player networking event look like for you? Well, each year we have uh, benchmarks uh, that we're trying to hit. Uh, of course, player and corporate attendance is a, is a successful benchmark. So we, we're, you know, our goal this year was to find a player that is branded with all thirty with each of the thirty two NFL teams. So we're looking for uh, executives and corporate owned businesses that players represent that they can be co branded or marketed with their NFL team, uh, we're, we're hoping to um, have another successful personal branding competition. Last year we had uh, six active and six former players in the competition. We'd like to improve that number. Uh, and then we're hoping uh, that, well, we know that relationships will be forged. We're just hoping that relationships can be sustained for career transition, for the career transition purposes of attendees. So, if if one player comes to P and E and next year becomes a corporate executive or or launches a new business, then that's success for us. And um, and we're we're confident in in the majority of those uh, goals that we can we can hit the mark. 
Well, I'm glad you said that, Guy. There was one thing that I'd like for you to address, too, is, is you mentioned competition. And, and we know that, that, that players like to compete with one another. But I, but I truly believe that uh, although there is going to be a, a branding competition, I believe that is, uh, this isn't all about competing against each other. It's really about helping one another and supporting one another. So could you speak to that athlete out there that has a small business that's just starting that perhaps maybe uh, he may not have the, the spotlight of which uh, and the success that Ray Mickens has? Uh, I want to encourage that athlete, as I believe you do, uh, to come and participate in the player networking event as well. Well, without a doubt, there's a, there's a learning and a mentoring and a, a, a camaraderie that is important to uh, transition, and it's a great uh, venue both Super Bowl and the player networking event, Super Bowl weekend, to connect with uh, athletes that have experienced something similar. Uh, not only can you come to this to uh, find a role model or a successful athlete or, or meet a corporate executive, you can also come to share a story of transition with a with an athlete that may be at, at uh, uh, may need to hear that story for encouragement, or you may need to to hear encouragement from an athlete that, that got through a dark place. So, um, we we think that there's a safe environment that allows athletes to be vulnerable enough to connect with each other first, and then the corporate community. And that's that's what we uh, that's that's one of the pillars of the P and E that we try to try to make sure is that. Uh, uh, clear and apparent to every athlete that attends. Well, I, I can attest that, uh, you know, I'd been there. It, it's almost I'm, I'm going to kind of compare it. It's a good comparison, uh, almost to being a rookie at, at rookie camp uh, or to uh, you know, when I accepted the Lord, you know, I got to get up and I got to walk down in front of all these people. And uh, you literally scared to death. I mean, I, I can be honest with you to show up at the player networking event representing a company of which I was working for and currently work as the uh, sports channel director of Voice America. I was a little intimidated guy coming into the environment for the first time, not really knowing what to expect, although you and I had a conversation. Uh, it was a little bit intimidating, but it's all it is truly like your rookie year. You go there, but you find out this is a fraternity of people who, who really, truly uh, want to embrace you and, and you're a part of that fraternity. And and there's a lot of love in that room, and everybody wants to see everybody uh, be successful. So uh, with that being the last thing that I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you if there's a couple things uh, or, or a couple websites that you'd like for people to visit to find out how they can get more information. Uh, I'm going to let you say that, and then we're going to go into a break. And when we come back, uh, a young man who mentored me for many years here in Philadelphia, uh, Henry Clay, is going to close out the show with me. So you want to go ahead, Guy? Uh, yeah, I'd like for uh, people to f just uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, NFL PNE. Uh, that's our uh, handle, and just information will be uh, disseminated through Twitter. Uh, a Twitter campaign starting on the 17th of December. And in the interim, you can always go to PNEinfo.com for more information. Well, again, Guy, I want to thank you for everything you've done for me and for all the other players out there, man. Uh, we really, truly don't know what we would have done uh, had you not been there. We continue to pray for, for your success and for your support, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. 
Thanks for having me as always, Ray. Anytime. All right, I think I hear some music. I'm going to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Henry Clay, out of the city of brotherly love, when we come right back. to the pros we, we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. It does matter that I be and conduct myself as a true sportsman so i'm i'm i'm, I'm going to show sportsmanship and that school other school up north congratulations to you represent the conference well when you go out there but that's all i got to say because i have my good dear friend on the line with me now mr henry clay the man who is responsible for me being here at, at voice america sports i will acknowledge that Every time I get a chance and, and whenever he joins me, it's always good fun. But this is an exciting day because my Philadelphia Eagles, oh my goodness, Detroit came to town 
And we sent them out of town. We sent them out of town the way we should have sent them out of town. But I was a little worried there, Henry. Man, I know the city's got to be on fire right now. That it is. I mean, they are not paying attention to eight inches of snow on uh, Sunday and another five inches today. Of course, people in Phoenix don't know anything about snow, so I won't <laughs> talk about it. Um, but, you know, this, it's, it really is. And uh, to come on the way they did. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is everybody is shocked, really, at what uh, Chip Kelly has done with this football team over just a short period of time. Hey, Henry, I'm going to say this. I, I, I will say that I think they're shocked at what... What he has done, uh, and that being Chip, of course, because what he started out with is not what he's working with now, but he's been able to make these adjustments in his first year in the National Football League, and I think they thought if things were to run smoothly, he might have some success. But with adversity, I don't think people anticipated he would have success with having to face adversity in his rookie year as a National Football League head coach. No question. I mean, you hit it right on the head. First of all, let's start with the, the number one position, the yes, quarterback. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, when he named Michael Vick the, the starter, there was some question marks there. Of course, Michael Vick has been hurt over in, uh, most of his career. And then uh, when Michael Vick got hurt, did Nick Foles step up? And take the job. Well, yes, he has. And there were some other, uh, a lot of other questions. I mean, the offensive line last year was, for the most part, hurt for the entire season. Would they be come back? Could they come back from those injuries, many of which were serious injuries? Yes. And they obviously have. And uh, when he came in with this read and uh, read and. Uh, read and do offense, <laughs> which is a college offense. Everybody kind of thought, is this guy, uh, you know, what planet did he come here from? Right. This is the National Football League. Well, that read and, uh, read and execute offense, uh, has, uh, set a few, uh, defensive coordinators, uh, on their ears. Yeah, and I think I, I think perhaps maybe some people underestimated the fact of even with that read option offense, there is still some aspect of the game that deals with passing. And the National Football League, they want to celebrate all these all these touchdowns that they've scored over this past week, uh, a historical monument that has never been surpassed. Uh, but you got to understand, this is a passing league. And, you know, defensive backs and, and, and linebackers are at the mercy uh, of the quarterback. Well, they're at the mercy of their defensive line because if their defensive line can't sack quarterbacks, it is so hard to defend some of the fastest men on the planet when you're running backwards or you're playing a zone coverage or something of that nature. But I think what people missed about uh, Chip Kelly was the fact that, you know, he knew that he had a quarterback, even in Michael Vick that not only could run but could throw the ball. And he also knew that with the quarterback he has in Nick Foles, that this maybe he doesn't run like Michael Vick, but he can throw the football. And he's got some he's got some tools around him. Like you said, that offensive line was decimated last year. And nobody ever thought about it. that wasn't mentioned very much uh in the conversation about the performance of the Philadelphia Eagles last year and particularly Michael Vick. 
wasn't really mentioned. But but now people are starting to look at that and they're starting to think about it. But I can tell you this, this young man, all you had to do is turn on film of his and I know college is different than pros, but if you would turn on his film of how he performed at the University of Arizona, you should not be surprised because the young man was threw, threw the ball very well and very accurate. So I am not surprised at all. And and we have something of which Philadelphia has always been known from since my time when I arrived in 1981 and they had the great Wilbur Montgomery on that field. They've always had a damn good running back and, and, and one you can count on. And Shady is not letting us down right now. No, Well, Shady... Uh has opened up a lot of eyes. Did they know what he was when they drafted him? Knowing the organization that drafted him? No. I'm not sure they did. But you're right. He has really, really opened a lot of eyes. He's second in the league to run in rushing. Uh, second only to Adrian Peterson, who unfortunately will not be able to play on Sunday as, as of now. But the other thing is... Um, the words that you heard every Wednesday, I guess, uh, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. The un, and it doesn't appear in the stat sheet of the people who are listening to this program, but what this offense, this defense has done, first of all, it gives the offense time to do what they can do. And uh, it has totally gotten into the heads of the opponents. Billy Davis has done an incredible job molding this defense in a short time with what he what they inherited, and that has opened up the uh, opened up the lanes for the offense to be what the offense is. Well, I tell you what, the offense is extremely explosive for the Philadelphia Eagles. You never know what you're going to get. And and I will just say this about I'm not going to be as critical as, as you've been with the with with the administrative uh side of the Philadelphia Eagles because they found some diamonds in the rough. And and that's really, really what they say the great personnel people are able to find the 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 very good players who even become great or, or at least provide an aspect of, of their uh, playing that is great statistically. Uh, it may be one day, it may be one year, it may be multiple years, but they find them in the middle rounds. They're not necessarily first rounder, not second round, but, you know, three, four, five, six, and even, even late. I think the Eagles have, have done a good job of doing that. Uh, but, but I do want to say this, that def- defense does win championship games, and I'm telling you, you know, the Eagles have a team that can move the ball and and I, with the exception of I'm, I'm concerned about this, Henry, and I know it had to be in the newspapers and those, you know, pronosticators or whatever you call yeah, you those mean, people. You mean the, the special, the, the special teams. Where, the station with all letters <laughs> and Indian P. Yeah, my good man, my good friend, Angelo Cataldi. But let me ask you something. There's something that's, that's not so special about the special teams. What the hell's going on with the special teams, Henry? Um, two was it two touchdowns returned uh, kickoffs returned for touchdowns or just uh, well I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the obvious cop out to say you can't but you, I think you can I think that just the field the field conditions on those two runbacks uh, nobody was able to cut and cut across the field but the but the guy running the ball could yeah he was. <laughs> 
you know, that's that that's an unfair advantage when, you know, when you have an unfair advantage. But he, he was on the same field that everybody yeah, else was. the direction he's going. Well, you know what? I will say this many times, and I've heard some of the great players, and even in basketball, the great Dr. J used to say this. There were many times when he took off, he didn't know what he was going to have to do. Michael Jordan would take off uh, on that great play he made. He switched the ball up in the air and, and, and touched it off the glass with his left hand. Many times those running backs, they don't know what they're going to do or where they're going to end up at. But but somehow it it just majestically, it just take the subconscious mind takes over and they find themselves in the end zone. But all I want to do is I just want to make sure that, there, that, that they didn't let Andy, I'm sorry, chip completely off the hook. And they did address to him, well, I know you had a great game, but there, there is something wrong with your special teams. And if they did do that, did he, like you, just say, well, let's blame that on the weather. Let, let, let's celebrate this and let's not get concerned with the special teams. But special teams can lose a game for us, and we don't want that to happen. Yeah, but very easily. And we, we certainly don't want that. Hey, hey, we, you know what, Henry, come on, winding up. I just got to ask you a question before we go. Last night, I think there was a football game played in the Midwest, and I think there's a team from down in the state of Texas that was supposed to show up and play against the Chicago Bears. Did they show up? Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, they had to deal with something which uh, I think you may have heard of. It's called the wind. I think they call that city that you're referring to the one by the lake. I think the the windy city. But I will tell you this: it was windy for the Chicago Bears last night. But the, but, yeah, but, but you see, they 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 fight, they do it. Oh, they see it every day. I mean, they get up and go to the supermarket in July facing the wind. <laughs> Well, listen. Okay, so that means uh, you, I guess you're one of those guys. You're going to make an excuse for uh, for uh, Peyton Manning too, and that he can't perform in the cold, uh, but the other guys can. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, did you check the uh, stats for this week? I think that yeah, Payne did it one time, and he wanted to let the world know that, listen, I can play in the cold. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm a Peyton Manning fan. I'm happy for the young man, and I, I hope he continues to perform well because I, I just wish people would compete I and not you, be into I ask you this question. What, where are they in the standing, and what is their record? Oh, Pey- hey, listen, and that's why I don't understand what the controversy is all about. Payton has proven that he can beat yeah, just about anybody on any given day and has a Super Bowl ring. So his place in history is already there. The bust is already about to be developed. I think they pretty much got the mode of it. They're going to go ahead and crack it pretty soon. It'll be, but it'll be ready for him when he gets there. But, Henry, I got to tell you, man, I really appreciate having a chance to talk to you. I'll tell you what, why don't you call me next week, too, because it seems like there's some magic going on here, man. I'm enjoying this conversation. And I I'm love having it. more fun than I've had covering this team in a long, long time. When I, want, I, really... I, I want to share that, that, that magical feeling with you. So be sure you call in next week and talk to us at the same time. I'll be more than happy to my friend and I'm sure our mutual friend will definitely send me an email as to what time she wants. That's right. Tacey Trump, the lady responsible for me being here and of course uh, Henry made sure that I followed up on that so thank you both Tacey Trump and of course Henry Clay my good friend from the city of brotherly love the Philadelphia Eagles are back on top. I think I hear music in my ears, so that means I'm probably going to have to go. But you guys make sure, and I don't care where you are in the world, that you come back and you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network next week at the same time, which is 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and that's 2 o'clock here in Phoenix, Arizona. But we got to go. So I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. 
you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.